Good morning. Today is Wednesday, December 27th, and I am Scott Shera, Grace's dad, and we have uh, uh, maybe the most important topic I could ever talk about. I say that a lot, but this is important, and it's called, Don, if you bring up the first slide, it's called Rome is Burning. You'll see where I got that from here in just a little bit, uh, and I want to just say something in opening. I've I have become personally disappointed with the medical freedom movement. It seems to me that many don't believe the dire situation our country is in and instead are focused on the profit-making opportunities this evil presents. Congress illegally legislated the end of COVID on April 10th so people would continue to be married just as in the days of Noah. A trap is being set by the anti-establishment patriots for phase two, Satan as an angel of light. How can you tell? No repentance. We got to this place by rejecting God, and he is the only one who can save us. And that's why I'm calling this Roma's Burning. And a lady gave me, you know, I've heard of Roma's Burning before, but I talked with a wonderful lady this last week, which you're going to be reintroduced to in a little bit. And so she gave me the title for this message today. We'll go to the second slide, Don. So as you know from listening, I call this deprogramming with Grace's dad because we have been programmed and I'm I'm the king of being programmed. And as I am deprogramming myself, I share the information that I'm learning so that you can do the same. So I have just a simple question here because I have brought this up about a month ago. It's like, how come gas prices have dropped a dollar a gallon over in since a year ago? And it's interesting because I know they can make gas prices anything they want. So what's going on? And I just see it as part of the lulling us to sleep. Everything's back to normal. That's what the minions want us to believe. Oh, so we can just get on with life. Well, we can't get on with life because this evil is so deep that once you're awake to it, you realize things from a completely different lens. All right, so let's go to the next slide, Don, as an introduction. Those of you who have been watching have seen this slide before. Uh, what happened in Genesis 3 became the ultimate weapon that Satan has used to deceive us. And I'm going to read from my Bible, Genesis 3, 6. And it says, when the woman, that was Eve, saw that the fruit, excuse me, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. So the key is she saw it as desirable for gaining knowledge, wisdom. Why? Because she wanted to be like God. So then Satan knows this is part of our sin nature to be like God. And he has been presenting an evil versus less evil dialectic uh, in both an esoteric and an exoteric fashion since the beginning. Anything but God. God always offered one thing, which is the tree of life, which is through his son, Jesus Christ. So God always offered one thing. Satan is always against God, going opposite in this battle for souls. And I think today you'll connect the dots even more than what I've shared in the past. All right, let's go to the next slide, Don. So this evil versus less evil um, 
system that Satan has created, he always gives us two choice in his and two choices in his antichrist system. And the way to look at it is just like a coin has two sides, Satan has two sides. He has an evil side and a less evil side. The evil side is very easy to spot. The less evil side is is very deceptive as some of the examples I will show today uh, will illustrate. Let's go to the next slide. The major exoteric dialectics that are in play right now, I've got on the screen, and they're traps to blind us to the real esoteric battle for your soul. Esoteric means behind the scenes. There's a behind the scenes battle going on for our souls, and that's been since the beginning. And these dialectics spin us out of control. So COVID, COVID, COVID. So then they come up with, oh, the lab leak. And then there's all, all kinds of lies and cover-ups, lawsuits, and you know, just it doesn't stop. And uh, so why to keep us focused on COVID, COVID, COVID versus realizing there's a lot worse things going on. So that's on the evil side. On the less evil side, we have Trump, Trump, Trump. And so we have, of course, um, the election challenges. The new ones are out now. You know, Trump's not going to be on the ballot because of the fake insurrection. I mean, it gets so crazy. So, I mean, everybody can see that. Trump is being treated unfairly, but by being treated unfairly doesn't make him a good man. You know, and even when he talks about his economic policies and prayers in schools, prayer in schools, um, it doesn't make him good. So I see it as exoterically, these things are right on the surface to get us focused on these deceptions as opposed to the truth. So I've got a couple of clips here and we're gonna, um, talk specifically about the the clip on the left after after it's played so go ahead and play that longer clip don everyone wants a reckoning and there will be a reckoning and it takes time and one place that that time is going into investigation is scotland and here's the latest headline over there and it's not about vaccines it's about how people were put on um, palliative care they basically death pathways when they had covid the death protocol, COVID whistleblower Leslie Roberts believes this one medical blunder cost thousands of lives. So it says in this article, she is speaking out after receiving a restraining, a restriction order from the Scottish COVID inquiry that would prevent her from disclosing any of the evidence or documents she has submitted to the probe. Ms. Roberts says she fears the impact will be to stop her and other campaigners from criticizing the Scottish government. So this is still ongoing. It goes on to say it relates to the NG163 end of life protocol from NICE, National Institute for Health and Care Excellence. It was issued to doctors and nurses across the UK in April on April 3rd, 2020 and remained in place until March 21st, 2021. According to Ms. Roberts and other health campaigners, NG163 essentially told medics to prescribe a deadly cocktail of powerful drugs to people in hospital and elsewhere who had been diagnosed with an advanced case of COVID-19. She says they were called silence me drugs. I don't believe any nurse wants to watch their patients die, but I'm afraid that is what happened as a result of the COVID care protocol. So let's go back to those guidelines, because this is what I mean, this is an ongoing investigation in Scotland right now to see what happened, not only in care homes, but also just in hospitals in general. So in April of 2020, uh, the, this National Institute put out these guidelines here. This was the COVID-19 rapid guidelines for managing symptoms and under managing breathlessness. You know, that third stage of COVID breathlessness, uh, consider an opioid or benzodiazepine combination for patients with COVID-19 who are at the end of life and have moderate to severe breathlessness and are distressed. Now, remember, at that time, 
there was no early prevention as we as you know peter dr peter mccullough made famous they were looking for early treatment there was nothing mm -hmm. so it was basically just people racing through those three stages of COVID until they had breathlessness. And then it was kind of just like, well, you know, hospitals can't help you until you're there. And when you're there, just go to the hospital and in, in America, get put on a ventilator. But right. in the in the UK and Scotland and these areas, it was basically this this end of life protocol that, that gave them the drugs. So right when that nice protocol was put out, you had 11 of the UK's most senior consultants in palliative care medicine and they went to the bmj rapid response and they wrote this article right here and it says the protocols these basically these protocols need review they said we are concerned that uncritical use of ng163 may create unintended risk for people with suspected or actual covid19 infection the combination of opioid benzodiazepine and or neuroleptic is used in specialist specialist palliative care settings for symptom control and for palliative sedation to reduce agitation at the end of life. It takes great skill and experience to use palliative sedation proportionately so that extreme physical and existential distress are palliated, but death is not primary accelerated. So it's a very fine line you have to walk here, they're yeah. saying. You can't just put this blanket uh, blanket uh, thing for all doctors and nurses and, and you know aides working in nursing homes. It's not gonna work. So they go on I mean, to look, say I, this. I, when I think yeah. about this, I mean, I think we've all at this point probably had a loved one, an elderly grandmother or grandfather, something like that, that's, you know, at the end of life, maybe been dealing with cancer or some disease that's made those like the last bit of time really painful. And at that point, there's that, you know, decision you make, would you like us to make them more comfortable? And you kind of realize that we're nearing that moment here. They're mm -hmm. talking about doing that for people that are, have a cold. Who, who have, a, you know, a pneumonia, a lung infection, and instead of, like, curing that, like, maybe, like, how about a vitamin C IV drip or something, or some vitamin D, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give them the death protocol. We're going to make them comfortable and prepare them for death. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. This is a cold, you guys, you know? I mean, really and, and madness. There, Like you said, there is a humane place for these drugs. They do have a purpose. and th But this, this care pathway was given to the medical community at a time when there were no answers. They were desperate. They were scared. So it goes on in the BMJ to state this. This is what these palliative care specialists said, the top ones. They said, NG-163 states sedation and opioid use should not be withheld because of a fear of causing respiratory depression. So that's what it does. If COVID-19 infection were uniformly fatal, this would be an acceptable statement. But for people not previously known to be at the end of life, there is potential risk of unintended serious harm if these medications are used incorrectly and without the benefit of specialist palliative care advice. So Dolly reached out to several doctors, several, several different, uh, different hospital systems to see if this was happening in the U.S. too. And none of them really said that they heard any evidence of this happening widespread in the U.S. Okay. Um, the U.S. was uh, when when people went to hospital, they were they were really relying on the ventilators. They weren't relying so much on the ventilators in the U.K. and Scotland. Well, we didn't need of... morphine and benzodiazepine. We had ventilators and remdesivir seemed to be doing the job well enough. Right. <laughs> Just, right. I mean, it was like so, a nine out of ten death rate with with that approach to this thing. And again, you imagine like in in this scenario, you have the the, the health department saying. Don't worry if you feel like you're killing people. That's not something you should, you know, be alarmed about. This is what we're asking you to do. It's essentially what they're saying, right? Don't let the fear of killing them get in the way of using this death protocol on them. I'm 
And just the overarching theme here was there was a concerted effort to shut down any conversation about early treatment. Just like you said, vitamin D, nothing. Everyone yeah. was just wait for the vaccine. And that that was the protocol. I mean, the yeah. unwritten written wink, wink protocol. So uh, a year, a, a month after that protocol, the NICE protocol here in the UK was was put out. Here's the headlines now. Uh, July 2020 drug scandal care homes accused of using powerful sedatives to make coronavirus victims die more quickly as use rocketed 100 percent. But then there's another arm to this, another conversation. So people saying, well, you know, these drugs, they could have, it was up to their decision. I'm sure not everyone was trying to kill their patients. But then we have this interesting point, these do not resuscitate orders. And we covered this, but this was in The Guardian, a fury at do not resuscitate notices given to COVID patients with learning disabilities. So it says people with learning disabilities have been given do not resuscitate orders during the second wave of the pandemic, in spite of widespread condemnation, the practice last year and an urgent investigation by the care watchdog. So this was Again, it was it was that is straight up on. eugenics. I mean, let's be straight clear. That's what Hitler. The first thing Hitler did was just sort of wipe out the handicapped and those that were, you know, in wheelchairs and things like that. Um, I mean, so to think that they just said, you know, don't revive them. There's no point. Just just let them die. And in the absence of inform information, really, at the beginning and with with really fear being pushed by the media, by people like Neil Ferguson, with his model, you had, you know, mass casualty incident. It was a triage, basically a triage stance that these hospitals were going to. So you you had these do not resuscitate orders and all this. So wouldn't you believe this is the headline here? Nicola Sturgeon, she's the PM of Scotland. COVID probe could be the biggest corporate homicide in legal history. Those are big wow. words. Don, can you play the Trump video then quick and then we'll go to the next slide so I can connect the dots? But Christians today see him differently, like some sort of savior sent by God. I think God uh, calls all of us to uh, fill different roles at different times. And I think that um, he wanted Donald Trump to become president, and that's why he's there. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. I think I, if, I, if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. Now, when I take, you know, when we go in church and, and when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker, I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness. And I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed, okay? So we'll go to the next slide. And, of course, relative to Trump, that's easy to spot. I mean, he's never asked for repentance. And he is not the solution to our problem. And it's because God is the only solution. So he's on the less evil side. Remember, Jesus said either you're with me or against me. So obviously, Trump is not for Jesus because of what he just said. So that's an easy one. The other one is... Um, from the high wire. I think the high wire is a good source of information. And it, but what they're drilling down there is the COVID dialectic further. So there is this race to expose evil in the COVID dialectic. And unless you're willing to put your head above water and really see what's going on, you end up getting stuck in the uh, red pill matrix. 
so you graduated from the blue pill, but then you get stuck in the red pill and you keep chasing evil. And the more knowledge you can get, and this is what Satan is preying on, EY, that our pursuit of knowledge, which is, you know, we can't get enough of these red pills, uh, that is what's going to save us. And that's what I'm concerned about here. So then we, we end up going from the frying pan, the blue pill, into the fire, the red pill. And we don't even realize we did it because we think that, oh, I'm awake now. I'm red pilled. I'm awake. And I, you know, the more red pills I can get, the better. All right. So is that a trap or not? Let's go to the next slide. By the way, I played that long clip from the high wire because I wanted, my belief is anybody that would see that would say, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great clip. And it is a great clip, but I'm trying to frame the clip from the perspective of what's really going on. So this came out two weeks ago <coughs> from Stop World Control. It says an unprecedented nuclear truth explosion occurred in the United States United States with worldwide impact forever changing the face of the earth. There are three men in our world that have an impact on humanity unlike anyone else in history. They have the power to steer a vast portion of the human race in a good or bad direction. I'm talking about Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, and Joe Rogan. Nobody on the face of the earth has a greater influence on mankind than these three combined. Each of them has a worldwide audience of hundreds of millions of people, giving them more power than the mainstream media. All three of these world influencers brought the notorious Alex Jones onto their platform and turned the eyes of the entire world onto him. Every single conspiracy theory formulated during the past decades has been proven to be true. This worldwide revealing of unprecedented truth is called the Great Awakening. Mankind is finally beginning to open its eyes to reality, much to the terror of the criminal elites who are desperately trying to prevent the truth from reaching more people. So you see, I have a question at the bottom. So this is right out of what they wrote. So is this true or false? And I want to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's false. Let's go to the next slide. So why do I say it's false? Because this is the less evil side of Satan. As we expose evil, then the less evil side gets its opportunity. So I said, these are the comments that I have. This is the new age message and custom fits into the false prophet, angel of light strategy of Satan. Praying on our propensity to fall trapped to Satan's security and comfort, peace and security, master plan. The red pill underlying belief is that if society is awake to the evil, we can stop it and usher in the great awakening, not realizing that this satanic play is the ultimate trap that has repeated itself exoterically throughout history and in Satan's final move esoterically. Satan will give this less evil side, what looks like a victory, snapping the final piece of the control grid into place. And finally, the pursuit of knowledge is what Satan used to deceive in the garden, and he is using it one final time in the esoteric battle for the souls. All right, so we're gonna to go to the next slide. And this young lady, Vera, I called her to wish her Merry Christmas. And she said, she's always an encouragement to me. And as soon as we got on the phone, she said, Scott, Rome is burning. 
And that became the impetus to put this together because I know Rome is burning too. This has been bothering me for a long time. I've shared multiple pieces of this in other podcasts, but never put it together in one formal uh, monocast. And that's what I'm doing today. So what she, she always gives me these nuggets when we talk. And so when we talked on the 23rd of December, uh, she said, Scott, virology is the centerfold of medicine because of the profit and fear associated with viruses. I thought, oh my gosh, is that profound? She is so wise. She's 88 years old and she is sharp as a tack. <laughs> she, she's very wise. And then she also said, they're looking at blades of grass, but don't want to kill the root. And what I am sharing in this monocast is the root is the satanic esoteric agenda for our souls. And until we come to grips with that root, uh, we do not have we do not have a chance. All right. So then, what is what did God say is going to happen? Let's go to the next slide. He said that America is going to lead the world astray, and they're going to do it. It says in Revelation eighteen twenty three, for your merchants were the most important people of the earth because of with your pharmacia they deceived all nations so this is what god said is going to happen america is going to deceive the world through its pharmacia and of course that's been happening for a long time but covid exposed it and it is um the first time where the whole world can see this and you know through america's leadership we have 71 percent of the world population got the jab and this thing is a complete bioweapon designed uh, not for not for your good but for the good of satan's minions all right so then the pharmacia sets up let's go to the next slide don through pharmacia it sets up the less evil, so the evil root, the pharmacia sets up the less evil angel of light. And 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 15 says, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. All right, so I want to just go back to the uh, what I wrote about or what I copied out of One World Control. I'm not talking about if these people are satanic or not. That's not the point. It, Satan uses everybody that he can, whether they have willing willingly submitted to his will in, in exchange for their souls or are unwilling participants and don't realize that they're caught up in the red pill lane and they can't see that that is not what is about God's economy. So this statement about Satan resurrecting himself as the angel of life, light, this scripture is critically important to see that the less evil side is the play that is going to snap the control grid into place. All right, so let's go to slide 12. So should we expect Satan as the angel of light over on the right-hand side? Well, in the book of Daniel, God says we should. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are, have come to their full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. 
and through his policy, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. All right, so this is an Old Testament prophecy. Then in the New Testament, in Matthew 24, 24, it says, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So we've been set up for a long time. And just recent history is, look at what happened with 9-11. We have this fear situation and then a false prophet, the Patriot Act. We have the fear situation with COVID, the false prophet, the jab. Uh, the United States, I mean, as I've been drilling down things with the United States, I see, uh, okay, we've, we've been sold the American dream. I did a podcast on that a while back. The Constitution hasn't even been signed. But regardless of that, we tend to look at the Constitution as an idol. The Hippocratic Oath, the Hippocratic Oath is also become an idol. We think it, it says do no harm. Well, they haven't even taken the Hippocratic Oath in 50 years. But more importantly, the Hippocratic Oath was swearing to four Greek gods. So these are not the, the if we're going to swear to God, it's got to be the God of the universe, not the satanic gods. So this long-term deception set us up. And it set us up because that's part of our human nature. What do we do when there is this false light that, that comes on the scene? Well, we, we have seen it in the Old Testament a couple of places, actually way more than this, but I'm just pointing out a couple of places. When there was a food shortage, Esau sold his birthright for food. Okay, so I mean, how is that even possible? And the people in 1 Samuel 8, the Israelites, wanted a king to fight their battles. They didn't want anything to do with God. Give us a king. And, you know, God warned them. But in the end, he said, okay, if they want a king, give them a king because God will not go, go against our choice. And we have less accountability with a king. So what's happening is we're getting set up right now for this false prophet system to be our security and comfort. And there's significantly worse things that are coming. But part of part of this idea of red pilling the entire United States is if we can just expose all the evil, and it's not just the United States, it's the whole world. If we can just expose all this evil, we can stand up and usher in the great awakening, which as, as I have uh, said, I believe that's the false prophet system. All right. So God gave us a warning. We'll go to the next slide. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. Next slide, Don. Why do we fall for these traps? It's our sinful nature. We want safety, security, and comfort so bad that we don't check out reality, but instead base our decisions on perception. We don't diligently guard against the slippery slope. And then after a period of great fear, of course, our natural tendency is we want out of this. And so safety, security, and comfort make us easy prey for a false prophet to come on the scene and send us a bill sell us a bill of goods. I know I keep going through the same thing, but I'm saying it in a different way because this is critically important that 
people see what is going on. Satan has got us buying into this, this parallel track of evil versus less evil. And unless we see it, we are going to be deceived. All right, slide 15, Don. So I think just about everything that we see today fits into the two beast systems of Revelation 13, the Antichrist system, uh, which obviously is completely evil. We just see it over and over and over. Our government's completely corrupt. The medical industrial complex completely corrupt. And there's a race to expose that evil. That race to expose the evil sets up the next beast system, the false prophet system. And we've the false prophets have been there for you know forever. Um, but this whole system where it becomes um, the opportunity for Satan to snap the control grid into place, um, I see as the uh, bigger thing that's happening esoterically. All right, so then slide 16. Let's look at this in uh, just uh, uh, just a little bit different angle. Uh, so esoterically, what type of things are happening that show Satan's masterful use of the Hegelian dialectic? So the Hegelian dialectic is problem, reaction, solution. So the problem, Satan creates evil, the reaction becomes a fear, and then the solution is always the angel of light. So if you look at these two columns, we have, you know, we have false religions, of course, and then what does Satan do? creates America. All right, so America becomes, wow, we're the light on the hill. So it, it takes our focus off of God and we put our trust in America. Progressives, we create patriots. So we can't have these progressives take over and liberalize everything. So then we have patriots. Uh, government control, obviously the the less evil is people control. Remember, God's out of the equation here in all these. Uh, fiat currency, that would be replaced with a gold-backed currency. So picture this being a list of things that a false prophet, now when I, I start with the gold-backed currency, what would a false prophet be promoting? Well, obviously they're gonna expose that the currency is not real and let's have a real currency. Let's, you know, we have been uh, really sucked into all of this. So we need to have a debt jubilee. Um, you know, the as I shared a couple of weeks ago, there's an amnesty play already. Well, we can't have amnesty. I mean, these people need to be uh, held to account. We need military tribunals. We need a Nuremberg too. So this sounds really good. Uh, the Great Reset. No, we need to have a Great Awakening, which I've already shared. And of course, the Cabal, the opposite of the Cabal is the Alliance. And then, like I said, with Revelation 13, the Beast the Antichrist beast is like a, uh, a lion, but the false prophet beast is like a lamb. Why like a lamb? Because Satan is the master of deception. So all these things create deception. And how do we know? Because God is not behind them. All right, so let's take a look at Satan's perspective a little bit. Slide 17, we'll introduce. All right, so Satan knows the Bible better than any man and his days are numbered. He knows that. So we have the release of all kinds of evil setting up the great deception. We'll go to the next slide. So I just covered point one with the last slide. Uh, Satan knows the Bible better than any man who's ever walked the face of the earth other than Jesus Christ. The big lie mankind has bought into is that we should chase knowledge. And by doing so, we can be like God. I, I shared Genesis 3, 6 earlier. 
And then Satan has sold us some whoppers to facilitate what we are seeing, exoterically chasing knowledge. So what are the whoppers? Man is inherently good. So if you think he had to sell these so that we esoterically chase knowledge, uh, evolution, if there's evolution, then there's no accountability for sin because there's no God. Uh, managing Mother Earth through population and climate control. Obviously, that's what uh, the COVID psyop was about. And then last, God and live forever. And that's what transhumanism is about. Satan must have the evil to close the grid false prophet. Also controlling the timing of the release of the evil because the population cannot handle all the evil at one time. So by doing that, he controls the panic. And I've been watching this now since I've become awake, and it seems very predictable how these things are, are being exposed. Uh, number five, exposing the evil is Satan's goal while creating a belief that we are going to finally get justice for the perpetrators and additionally creating the desire for security, safety, and, and comfort. He snaps the control grid into place. The people in the control grid will have a short period where it appears they made the right choice, but they followed the wrong messenger. Then last, when we see this evil, on a macro and micro scale, we should conclude that we have been completely duped about everything other than one thing. God is our only hope through his son, Jesus. Satan knows he loses in the end because God's word says so. So our wake-up call is seeing the evil, but that is to escape the matrix, not get sucked into the red pill portion of Satan's matrix. All right, God's judgment is overdue obvious. Go to the next slide, Don. We know it's overdue. I mean, look at what is going on. Evil is being called good. Good is being called evil. I mean, the world is completely falling apart. And I have come to know Jamie Walden, who is going to be in this next clip. And I, I really like how he um, frames what is going on and his knowledge base helps him frame it accurately. So Don, can you play the next clip, please? Now, Deuteronomy chapter 28. When a nation turns against the Lord and his judgment is proclaimed, we better look out and we better either get on his plan or we better, we better, we better hope that we die before this thing really goes down because you do not want to be there when the Bible talks about men's hearts will be failing them from just the fear of what's coming upon the earth. You don't want to be alive. You know what, what, brother Frank, like. Like what, what, I, what I didn't even, what I didn't even cover there in Deuteronomy 28 is, and this is the global food scarcity crisis. This is the black horse riding. This is a day's wages for a loaf of bread. That's a global hyperinflationary economy. And what comes after a global hyperinflationary economy and all these rises is the inability to produce food because the cost to produce it is too much. And Russia cut off all exports of fertilizer, which 5 million people on the face of the earth require Russian fertilizer to grow food. Uh, Ukraine and Russia represent 30% of the world's global wheat exports. They are not 
putting wheat in the ground this year. This is all perfectly designed to create mass famine. When you have famine, you always have plagues. And when you have famine and plagues, you always have pestilence. And then when you have famine, plagues, and pestilence, you always have wars crossing boundaries. And when you have all that, then you have global hyperinflationary thing. So you literally see how the Christ, when he, whenever his time is to break the seals, they're not these isolated uh, compartmentalized incidents. They're all simultaneously, ladies and gents. They're all going on simultaneously at the same time. But here's what it says in Deuteronomy 28, is it speaks to the fact that that nation coming against you because of your wickedness and because the cup of the, uh, the cup of your iniquity is so overflowing that you will cannibalize your children in sheer desperation. It talks over and over and over again about the judgment on Israel and the fact that it is so horrible when the God when God does business with you that the women covet the afterbirth of their child in secret and the husband eats of the flesh of his wife's womb in secret and they're hiding their children as they're eating them from one another because it is that terrible. It says it says men will want to gouge out their eyes for fear of what they're looking at. It says that they they're anxious in their eyes and they're they're anxious in their minds and their eyes are weary and their hearts fail them for fear of what they see coming on the earth and yet and yet we have the mass majority of american christians that think they can sit around and drink out of the golden vessels of god and mock him and test him saying i'll never be a widow i'll never see harm i am the lord's elect and chosen nothing will come near my tent and, it, and it's a total lie. The message of the day is the same as it's always been. Repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. It's consecrate yourselves today for you've made, been made liable on the field of destruction. You will fall before your enemies unless you remove the devoted things from among, among your camp. In Joshua 7, it's repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. Repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. First, first the, the message of of. Uh, John the Baptist, repent for the day of the Lord's at hand. The message of Christ after the devil of the Holy Spirit befalls him, repent for the day of the Lord's at hand. The first message preached after the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost with many other words, Peter warned them saying, repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. And many were added to their numbers that day. The message is never change. It's fix your eyes on Christ Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. May he open your eyes so that you can see your nakedness because he's counseled you to come and buy from him white raiments to cover your nakedness, to cover your shame. He said, buy from me gold that's been purified. Quit running after your 401ks and your Babylonian money magic systems, building your own houses and living in your paneled houses while the house of the Lord lies in ruins. I mean, listen to the word of the Lord, ladies and gents, from Genesis to Revelation to his people he's like come out from among them touch no unclean thing lest listen for the people of god just like for israel same for the church lest you partake in a double portion of her plagues we get a double portion because of complacency we get a double portion of the justice of god because to whom much is given much is required we get a double portion because he said if you sow according to the flesh you will reap destruction you knew better you had my spirit you had my word you had my truth you had my freedom you had no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do for if you live by it dicks its dictates surely you will die but if by the power of the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live and you deliberately, the second Peter two or three, I can't remember. It says, but you deliberately forgot you 
willfully chose ignorance as bliss. You wanted the entire bliss translates as intoxication or enchantments. You chose to be intoxicated and enchanted with the things of the world. They deliberately choose to refuse to believe that the same God who judged the earth with the deluge is coming again to judge it by fire. It's willful, it's deliberate, and it's costly. So we must get this right, brother. We must get this right, brothers and sisters. And fixing our eyes on the Lord, we cannot be negligent in this late hour. It says, be sober-minded, vigilant, in eager anticipation of return of the Lord. You're to be waiting, looking, watching, dressed, ready for the bridegroom to repair. You're to be have your, oil, your, your wicks trimmed so that your light burns brightly, the extra stores of oil, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, so that you can endure even into the third and the fourth watch of the night, waiting for your Savior to return. You're to be adequately prepared, properly prepared physically, men mentally, and emotionally to endure to the end, because those who endure to the end will receive the crown. Hallelujah. Whew. Folks, that's difficult words spoken right there. There's no sugarcoating what was just stated. Oh, that's, uh, that's an understatement. And what is part of the strategy? Let's go to the next slide, Don. So this is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Christians. And he is talking about the great deception. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. That's what we've been talking about. The evil versus less evil. The antichrist versus the false prophet systems. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders to serve the lie. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but delighted in wickedness. So I'm not a prophet. We'll go to the next slide. But what I think that is happening, the, the deception is the great awakening. And why do I say that? I can say the great awakening is a deception with confidence because what's missing is repentance. There's no acknowledgement of how we got here, which is by rejecting God. And so consequently, there's no repentance because you don't have to repent if you didn't reject God. And that's what's missing. So I see this as clearly on in the screen here on the great reset is the evil side. The great awakening is the less evil side. And, you know, my message is... Uh, let's not be deceived. All right, let's go to the next slide, Don. This battle that Satan is, um, the spiritual battle. So when we look at what's going on, this is a spiritual battle. You could not orchestrate what took place with COVID or at any other time in history without Satan's abilities to orchestrate this type of plan. No man could have pulled it off. And when you start realizing that you come to grips with what is going on here and it is a battle for the soul and if he can physically remove souls uh, he's going to do it and spiritually to put our trust in men he's going to do it and what's going on right now is an attempt to set up the false prophet system and 
put our trust in men as the evil gets exposed and more evil things are to come. Uh, trusting in men is how we got to this point in history and trusting in God is the only way out. Any alternative system is destined to failure without repentance. Trusting in different men is not a solution. So of course, the question is, are we finally ready for God? And of course we should be. And I can't grasp not answering that question to the affirmative. What did Jesus say? Next slide, Don, slide 23. Whoever is not with me is against me. So there's no in-between here. Either you you are proclaiming you're one of God's and you're following Jesus or you're not. So it's another reason that I can say that the Great Awakening is a false prophet. And then apart from me, you can do nothing. That's in John 15, 5. All right, the, we're going to wrap up here. Next slide, Don. Slide 24. What is our role? And interestingly, we, we're wired for action. Certainly I am. And I have to calm myself down and realize, okay, what does God want me to do? And he, it, Galatians 3.3 is one of my favorite verses because of that. It's custom written to me as a person. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And of course, God is does it all. He he wants us to take action, no question. But that it has the action has to start with Him. When it starts with Him, He'll do whatever it takes because He gave you the action. So now He's responsible for the results. And then First John four one, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and there's going to be no time. Um, like what's coming to implement First John four one. I mean, this is this is what God is commanding the Christians to do. We've got to pay attention because it is going to be so deceptive. Satan's final play that God says even the elect would be deceived if that was possible. All right, then uh, second to last slide, slide twenty five. How to escape the entire matrix. All right, so in a sentence, what's happening? Exposing evil is by design, creating fear and the desire for someone to save us from the evil, setting up the satanic angel of light solution. So don't think just because you've been red-pilled, you've got this. The whole red pill movement is setting up Satan coming to save us as the angel of light. So what is the, in a sentence, the solution? Stop chasing knowledge and submit to the wisdom offered by God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Take the white pill. All right, now what? Final slide. Repent, get right with God and shine the light you have. And I do have one final message that I want to share. This is Ezekiel 33, one through six. And I want to say to everybody, I'm just a dad. I am a nobody. Um, I'm not a prophet. I'm, I'm just a dad. But for some reason, God took my best buddy early. Um, he allowed that to happen. Uh, and he did it, you know, as a short-term thing to wake me up. And as once you get woken up and truth gets shared to you, you have a responsibility. And Ezekiel 33, 1 through 6 documents the responsibility that we all have once truth is shared with us. So I'm going to read that in closing. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if 
I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any of them away, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. And I, you know, God has given me some some revelations in this in this walk that I've been going on since Grace's death. And the biggest revelation was to not share Grace's story as part of Satan's playbook. And specifically, Grace's death is evil, but that evil plays into Satan's angel of light strategy. So I feel the need to share this and connect the dots with what I've learned. And that's why I put together uh, this podcast today so it can be um, on the platforms for all time. Thank you very much for listening.